Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. U.S. Cellular has always believed that connection is the greatest gift of all. That's why we're giving everyone one line for $34.99 a month with unlimited data this holiday season. That's right, one line, unlimited data for just $34.99 a month. That's more than a great deal. That's locally grown connection from U.S. Cellular. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Visit uscellular.com for details. At U.S. Cellular, we care about our customers and our communities. Visit Cellular Advantage, a U.S. Cellular authorized agent located at 2012 Cornhusker Road in Bellevue. America's locally grown wireless at U.S. Cellular. What's going on, everybody? We got a great show for y'all tonight. Um, it's me, Tom, Billy, Ryan. We're going to talk quarterback landscape. Uh, part three, the quarterback equation. We have a special guest with us, Anthony Servino, the at the real NFL guru. Uh, we have some fun stuff to take you off into the show, and let's get going. Welcome on in, everybody. This is Belly Up Fantasy Live. We're talking quarterbacks and dynasty. This is part three of a four-part, we hope, series. Uh, tonight is the first time we will have a guest on our show. Uh, Anthony Servino will be joining us shortly. But, guys, before we kick it off, before we talk about what's going on, I want to support somebody who's been supporting us from the beginning, Manscaped, guys. Manscape, not do, they. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I've got stuff falling over here just because Manscape is saying so many things these days. I mean, it's just falling all over me. You know what I'm saying, guys? But support for Belly Up Fantasy Lab is brought to you by Manscape, who's the best in men's below the waist grooming. Big news, guys! Manscape just released a new cologne that we've all shared, and it is quite amazing. Um, who knew smelling this good could also feel this good? Manscaped is trusted over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement here today, guys. Join the movement. Join Manscaped. Manscaped, guys. 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BellyUpFancyLive at Manscaped.com. So, like we mentioned a couple weeks ago, guys, it gets you refined. It gets you sophisticated. You might not act that way or be that way, but when your first impressions mean so much, boom, Manscaped will help you out right off the bat. So, Yet again, use Belly Up Fantasy Live at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping, guys. So, like I mentioned, <clears throat> guys, I think, 
y'all should just take the intro over for right now. And I'm just going to sit back and enjoy this Stella. Tom. What, where do you want me to go with this? <laughs> we could start it with, uh, you know. Are we talking, we talking about how uh, we had the worst Super Bowl we've possibly had in history? Is look, that what we're talking about? Look, we're not talking about anything mm. about that, okay? What happened, happened. What happened, happened. Brian, what is it? Uh, Chris Pinto is a better fantasy analyst than I am. Yes, no, Chris, no. Chris Pinto is the best fantasy analyst ah, alive. Sorry, Chris Pinto is the best fantasy analyst alive, thanks to referees that don't want to give Tom Brady a, a single loss in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it was hard to watch. I don't care what anybody says. That was not fairly officiated in the first half. No. It doesn't well, matter. The game's already over. The game's already you know, over. We do what we do. We do what we do, and we're good at what we do. You know, those are professional NFL referees. So I, I, I can't that, make those I feel like professional NFL referee. That job title comes with an asterisk as soon as you join, though. I agree. You have to do what you're told. Yeah. That was not a good, a well-called game. I will say it again, though. Chris Pinto is the best fantasy analyst alive. I, that, it's not going to happen again, but I double down just for you. I'll triple it down. I'm also on the losing end of this bet, and I'll go out on a limb and say instead of uh, the Twitter handle being uh, Belly Up Chris, maybe it should be Chris the Great. How about you, good sir? You called this a very long time ago, and my goodness, did it work out exactly as you said. Bullshit calls and all, almost on script. For weeks. Uh, kudos to you, good sir. Yep. Nostradamus. Yep. Cheers to Pinto. Congratulations, sir. You were right. None of us can deny that part. Right. Okay, that's over now. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we're done. I'm, I'm done. I mean, okay, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'm not going to gloat too, too much right now. We'll talk about later. But... <laughs> You know, there's been a lot of stuff going on right now in the landscape uh, for fantasy football, especially going into Dynasty right now, just because we we really don't know what's going to happen with some of these quarterbacks, some of these teams. The draft is obviously coming up, um, and the landscape is just is changing a lot. Obviously, we'll get into quarterbacks here in a little bit. We're waiting for our guests right now, but before our guest comes in, Let's take it off and just let's tell everyone the good things that we're doing for the fantasy community at Belly Up Sports. Uh, Ryan, Billy, Tom, let everyone know what kind of events we're having coming up shortly. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll start it off. Um, obviously, if you've listened to the show before, you know about the plethora of fantasy leagues we're going to be hosting this year. Um, you've got your standard Belly Up Bowl version two, nothing standard about it, but that's if you were in last year, you'll know the rules and the format coming into this year. This is the second one. Uh, for the rest of them, we'll have an auction league set up. We'll have a best ball league set up. We will have a vampire league set up, and we will have guillotine league set up. Um, we are going to be also doing a rank them. We're going to be doing a pick them, and we're going to be doing an eliminator. So all of these, any of them that you're interested in, uh, you can let us know now, or you can let me know if you'd like. I have a list of the people that want to get involved with this stuff. Once we open up everything, kind of once we get 
stuff going into 2021 more. We're going to start opening these leagues, getting everybody signed up and set up. And it's going to be really, there's going to be a lot of competitive stuff. If there's any format that you want to be in, we we're going to be having it. So we're really excited to be hosting all that this year. Uh, really that's all I can think about as far as what we're doing, because that's all I can think about period. So, uh, it's going to be really excited, guys. Uh, I'd really love to see how many people we can get, how much money we can raise for St. Jude this year, because there's not a cause in the world that I'm more passionate about than uh, helping kids with cancer, man. It's crazy good uh, charity to, to work with, and we're really excited to be going back for round two with them. Yeah, apparently I'm going to be in quite a number of vampire leagues. I'll be honest, I've never done a vampire league before, so I am very excited for it. Uh, Mike Brown told me that he loves the uh, the hand microphone. I said, you always got to be ready to drop the mic. And I, mean, I, I have a feeling that that's what I'm going to be doing in these vampire leagues uh, when I start winning. We'll see. We will see. Yeah, so, I just want to say that anybody that's maybe new to fantasy football, a little bit nervous about doing something, you know, so aggressive like these mega leagues, this is an awesome opportunity uh, for, for people that aren't as well-versed or as experienced in fantasy to join something kind of big and have a little bit of fun outside of a home league with your buddies that want to beat up on you. I know I had some friends that have never played fantasy, joined last year in support, had a really great time, and they're looking forward to year two as well. So, you know, hey, if you're new to the fantasy and uh, maybe you're not sure about joining, you know, don't be hesitant. Join with us. Have some fun. Let us know you're new, and uh, we'll try to go out of our way to make it a little bit more fun for you. So, you know, check us out. I'll give my spiel at the end of the show, but right now, guys, we've got our guest with us, Anthony Serbino, at the Real NFL Guru, uh, co-host of the FF Faceoff, um, huge Twitter guy, huge Facebook guy, great in the industry for us. Um, we've been following him for a while, and now we get to have him on our show and talk a little bit to him. So let's pick his brain, guys. Uh, Anthony, welcome in, sir. What's going on, guys? Man, I'm happy to have you on. Happy to be here. Man, uh, first of all, guys, if y'all didn't know, Anthony starts his day pretty early like I do. But uh, instead of me watching TV or getting my daughter's food ready, Anthony's out there working his shoulders this morning. Yeah, I'm up usually around 5 a.m. and in the gym by like 5.50, 6 a.m. starting my workout. Golly, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get on your level here pretty soon. So, guys, y'all don't know, I joined this thing with uh, Shane Barrett. It's a, a fitness challenge. Anthony's in it. I didn't realize that I was going to be competing against a guy like him. I saw Scott Simpson in there, and obviously y'all seen his um, his uh, anniversary pictures of him on a bed with some roses. I'm like, oh, you know, I could do this. There's Anthony with his UT Longhorn shirt on this morning, cranking out some uh, some triceps and some shoulder stuff. And I'm like, I, I'm, try, I'm trying to gain weight, so I'm going to lose the competition. Fair enough. Well, obviously you can help me out because I'm going to obviously cut some weight. Absolutely. Yeah, I can, I'll definitely help you out. Excellent. So, uh, Anthony, obviously, we want you to promo what you're working on right now. Um, it's year two for your potathon, correct? Yeah, Mike Hoff at the FF Realist and I. This is going to be year two of the FF Faceoff Mental Health Potathon, partnered with the Hayden Hurst Foundation. And uh, last year, we run around 17 hours. I want to, we want to make it 24 hours. We want to make it bigger. We want to make it better. And we want to reach more people and help fight the stigma against mental health. For sure. Um, obviously, if you follow these guys, you know what happened all through the season and support Mike for sure. And I mean, great guys, great content. You got to love it. Yeah. Um, maybe we could be a part of it, help you out a little bit, but Tom, man, 
Um, obviously, we've been talking about what happened this weekend. I know you got some something for Anthony. Yeah, Anthony, I don't know if you overheard the uh, the start here. Chris, unfortunately, was the only one of us that uh, picked Brady and the Bucks in the Super Bowl. So what was your reaction on the game? What did you think of it? Um, I, I was ecstatic about it. Uh, I, I actually initially picked – the Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl in my preseason projections. Um, I, I was all in on Tom Brady. And I think what it was is in his final year in New England, Tom Brady's like that guy that you want to, everybody wants to be a year or two early in, in, in projecting his demise. And to me, it's like, what did he have to work with that year? Gronk was retired. You know, Edelman is a shell of himself. We already started seeing the injury bug and the drops. They, they missed on Keel Harry. Um, and then Tom Brady, it's almost like he gave him an ultimatum, uh, get me guys or I'm going to leave. And he ends up with the second best supporting cast of his career. And that first one was Randy Moss and Wes Welker. Uh, and, and Tampa Bay was over aggressive, getting the Leonard Fournette's and in-season Antonio Brown and trading a fourth round pick for Gronk, who at the time was a WWE 24-7 champion. That's how aggressive this team was for Tom Brady, and I, I just went all in on, on, you know, call it a, a gut feeling, call it, you know, he's the best that ever did it. Yeah, plus the refs work for him, so that helps. All right. <laughs> no, they work for Goodell, and Goodell has some making up to do when he suspended him for no reason, so I'll give him that. Uh Unless we want to talk more about the Super Bowl, I, I'd like to be curious about how your fantasy season turned out this year. I know we have strong years and weak years. Like I had too much MT this year, so it wasn't the best for me. Uh, how was your year this year? Um, in the before same Anthony boat. says anything real quick, though, Anthony, before you say anything real quick, so Anthony and I are in this dynasty league together um, for Master Drafter. It's like this crazy IDP league, and you guys were helping me out with it. Um, remember, I was like, oh, guys, I got to get these defensive guys who are helping me out. Uh, Ross Welly, MVS, all these guys. Well, Anthony helped me out at the beginning during the draft, and he's the one that took me out during the playoffs. So his season ended up better than mine in that particular league. That's the big one, right? 32 That's teams. the big one, yes, sir. Okay, okay, yeah. I love that league, by the way. It's, it's super fun. They did, a, they did a great job. No, yeah, and I'm happy it's going on a year two. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. So how did the rest of your leagues end up this year, DFS and everything above? 
Um, DFS, I, I actually trended more into the sports betting uh, direction this year. I, I started doing sports betting content over at the Game Day NFL, um, and that's really where I, I put a lot of my money into sports betting and props. But DFS was okay. Uh, season long is which is what I do best in fantasy and a little bit dynasty. Uh, I had a lot of Dak Prescott. I had too much Dak Prescott and, and enough Michael Thomas to where when these guys went down, they crippled me. My high stakes team, uh, I had Dak and Saquon Barkley and, and mm. Blake Jarwin and Chris Guy. Like, like it was a mess. Uh, but I, I did win a few leagues and one dynasty, one dynasty league especially that um, I really wanted to win because I've been in it uh, for four years and, and I, I missed on running backs and the rest of my team was loaded. And I finally got over the running back hump. Uh, thanks to J.D. McKissick, believe it or not, of all guys. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it, it was a lesson learned. I need a little bit more variance next year. Yeah, I feel the same. I will never go that heavy on a guy like MT like I did this year. That hurt really badly. Yeah, you were in the same boat pretty much, Ryan. Yeah, I had a lot of Saquon and MT, and I even had Dak. It was uh, it was rough, man. It was rough. So, Anthony, my question for you is, you're one of the first guys that I recognized out of a magazine. I know I reached out to you, and we talked a little bit back when I first got going with Belly Up. I was pretty starstruck that I even got a reply from you, so I want to say thanks for that. So that being the situation here, uh, you know, as we navigate this this uh, industry, we're starting to utilize YouTube. We're already on Facebook and Twitter, trying to utilize all platforms to get ourselves out there as much as possible. So I'd like to ask you some personal advice uh, from you to us as we navigate and, and help ourselves grow here. Um, advice pertaining to what? Which avenue to take or? Just how to navigate, uh, you know, any any challenges to expect, you know, what, what do you think we might see? This is kind of our first season as a team getting out of our first uh, year here, going into year two. Uh, as things grow, we're trying to navigate everything as it comes and just doing the best we can. And YouTube, we just got onto. I know you 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 utilize YouTube. Uh, we're kind of learning that avenue right now, uh, getting going there. But, uh, you know, what do you, what do you think? My biggest advice is really work ethic in the offseason. You see a lot of people take off. Maybe they're doing other content or, or they're, 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 just, they're there for the season and they come off. Well, all of those people that are taking off, there are vacant. They're like orphan dynasty owners. They're orphan listeners and readers, and they want football content. Um, so you want to put in as much work, if not more, in the off season because that's really, really where you grow your podcast. Because in season, there's a lot more competition and consistent competition. And in all my years, I've done my best work in terms of growth in the off season. All right, awesome, thank you. Yeah, Dynasty has no off season. I'm excited about Dynasty, yeah. baby. Anthony, I got a Mike. Mike tuned in. <laughs> Puff. Yes, sir. He asked, uh, ask Anthony what he thought the Jets record should be. Last year? <laughs> yes, sir. Nine and seven. <laughs> I, nine and seven. I, I'm not going to back off my takes. That was a bad one, though. But that was before C.J. Mosley opted out and, and Jamal Adams. That was before it turned into a shit show. <laughs> or a bigger shit show than it was. I was going to say, yeah. didn't Adam Gase Adam get turn into a shit show? Yeah, but I did predict the Patriots as a four to six win team right when Brady left. Dang, that's fair. Well, Anthony, even though we got you right now, let's uh, or now that we have you, let's dive in and let's pick your brain a little bit. We've been going over the quarterback landscape for dynasty purposes for the offseason. 
um, kind of going over what teams should do, what they have in their backfield uh, or, as a, as, or their depth chart. And we're going to pick up with the Las Vegas Raiders, who this is a pretty good toss-up right now, right? You got Derek Carr, you got Marcus Mariota. Um, we saw what Mariota did with the spotlight. Um, so I'm going to kick it to Tom real Oh, no, Anthony, why don't you take it first? And then we'll go to Tom after you. What do you think the Raiders are going to do? Because there have been some disgruntled things going on. Obviously, free agency, you can sign somebody new, the draft is coming. So what do you think the Raiders are going to do? There's always been this this rift kind of, and it's from the media and the hard knocks between Derek Carr and John Gruden, but they do have some success together. The latest reports that I'm hearing is that they're fielding calls or there are rumors they might field calls on Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota, but they're more willing to trade Marcus Mariota. And, and I get that. You, you said Marcus Mari- Mariota looked good. It was week 15. It was a one-game sample size. That's all we saw, and, and that's enough, especially on fantasy Twitter um, and, and, and on social media. Oh, we, we saw this kid guy for three quarters. He looks like what he should have been or what he wasn't in four years in Tennessee. Let's go put a crown on him. And and I think Mariota's going to be the one who goes. He's a bigger project. The Raiders, they're a team that's slowly building to win now. I, I do think they're a, a receiver away. Um Ruggs is developmental. Aguilar's a very similar player to Ruggs. Um, people were chirping for Brian Edwards. That really didn't work out. He was banged up. They needed a possession-wide receiver on that offense for Derek Carr. And we saw a few years ago, and I talked about this on my show today with Jim Coventry, Derek Carr was in the MVP conversation when he got competent receivers and Michael Crabtree and Amari Cooper. You're 100%. Derek the one who's going. That's fair. Tom, what do you got? I mean, I think he's definitely right. Mariota, I I could see being on the move. He has at least some value to teams, whether it's as a backup or competing as a a starting job somewhere. Um, Bill, you were saying you'd take Carr and Indy. I think a lot of people would take Carr. I mean, Derek Carr is a good quarterback. I think a lot of people overlook that. They see struggles that he's had throughout his career, which there's a lot of quarterbacks that have, but that doesn't mean you're not a starting caliber quarterback in this league. And it's probably not worth ditching a quarterback just to take a shot on somebody else that isn't a known quantity. So I think you keep Carr, especially you got Nathan Peterman as the GOAT backup for another year. (laughs) Throw seven interceptions a game if he has to come in. Um, I will say if they're really going to go outside of what the team has, I could see them going more with one of the guys that hits free agency. So whether that be a Mitch Trubisky, they want to build him into something uh, maybe a late career Ryan Fitzpatrick for a year, get that Fitzmagic going. Or, hey, if Dallas somehow lets him go, Dak, if he's on the free agent market, I could see Gruden making a play for him. Yeah, I uh, for sure. It doesn't seem like he's satisfied at all with Carr, even though Carr has been above average his entire career. Um, to me, I just think Gruden doesn't like Carr in his system for some reason. And, I mean, Gruden signed Peterman as a backup backup. So I question his quarterback decision-making ability myself, but if I'm looking at Carr, a lot of teams would like him, especially as a stop got to the next guy. They don't have to rush finding their next guy. Mariota's 27. He turns 28 in October. So if I am a team that is, has uncertainty at quarterback, maybe like Chicago, um, I know Travis said he wanted Carr in Chicago, but Mariota might make a little sense as well. Plus I see them slightly similar Mariota and Trubisky in that they can move, 
uh, and they haven't really lived up to their expectation. But this is a team that I would not be shocked to see make a quarterback change this offseason, maybe make a big move, maybe looking for somebody like a Darnold or, or trading up to get one of these rookie guys because it just seems like Gruden, no matter what Carr does, he had a pretty solid year. He doesn't seem that satisfied with him. I mean, he brought in Mariota last year, same exact thing. I don't think he's going to just be sitting still at QB this year. Yeah, I saw recently that they weren't really fielding offers as was previously reported for Carr, but they are for Mariota. But if you look at Carr's numbers, he's thrown the ball over 500 times a year, three straight 4,000-yard seasons, back-to-back seasons with under 10 interceptions. For a guy throwing the ball that much, that's pretty impressive, you guys. Back-to-back seasons, over 100 quarterback rating. And, you know, when a guy doesn't turn the ball over, that's how you win games. And to Anthony's point, he hasn't really had that go-to guy you know, Waller's breaking out right now. Waller's great, don't get me wrong. But from the passing game, when your best receiver is Nelson Aguilar, you're really lacking in the help department for your quarterback. I think if Derek Carr had a real legit supporting cast, and maybe he gets there with Aguilar coming on and Brian Edwards if he keeps developing. But he, in this system, you need a guy that you can go to a lot, a heavy target guy, a big body guy, uh, outside of just your tight end. And I think if, if he got that supporting cast, one, it would help open up the run game with Josh Jacobs a little bit. Health would also help out a little bit in the in the running game. Derek Carr is a very serviceable guy, and when he has a good team, a good defense, and a good opportunities, we've seen him have over 30 passing touchdowns and take a team to the AFC title game. I mean, they've been good uh, or almost win the division, I guess. He got hurt at the end of that year with Jack Del Rio as a head coach. We've seen him play really good football, you guys. And I, I just – I think Carr, he's pretty close. I don't think he's far away from being a guy that we all look at as, whoa, hey, this guy's pretty good. But when you're out there with subpar receivers – and in a division where there's a lot of firepower, it's hard to win a lot of games. Don't forget, by the way, guys, this is a quarterback that had a 67% completion percentage over 4,000 yards at 27 to 9 touchdown interception ratio this yeah. year. Three straight years over 67% completions. I mean, with 500 that, that's attempts, good that's good. And, and name is help. You know, if Darren Waller's our best asset, you know, not, not nothing against Darren Waller. He's incredible. But, you know, typically you, you don't want your tight end to be your best weapon in your offense. Yeah, I suppose it does. Kicking it on over to the Los Angeles Chargers, Tom. Herb God, what do you got? I mean, Herbert's no question the starter. Rookie of the year, I mean, you know he's going to have a long career in in, uh, Los Angeles, barring anything drastic happening. But uh, I would say I could see him having a more successful career than Joe Burrow simply because Los Angeles already has a supporting cast around him and he's not getting as beat up as Joe Burrow. We already saw one knee injury on Burrow. How does he come back from it? I'm hoping they don't rush Burrow back. If he's starting at the beginning of the year, everyone's talking about how quick his comeback has been. That scares me. You don't have those issues with with Herbert. So – I'm all in on Herbert, especially in Dynasty. I will get every single bit of him I can. Yeah, I mean, only 22 years old. He had the highest score on the Wonderlick coming out of it, uh, coming out of the draft. Obviously, he he's great, right? Rookie of the year. Anthony, the Chargers have their franchise face now. What do you think about Herbert? That we that Tom hasn't said, obviously. <laughs> you know, I, I like Justin Herbert a lot. He won Rookie of the Year, and who knows if Joe Burrow was healthy, what he would develop into. There, there's a reason why Joe Burrow was a number one overall pick. I don't think the weapons in Cincinnati are are as bad as you think. Um, 
I, I think it was a matter of offensive line couldn't get going. Mixon really couldn't get going early. The weapons are better around Justin Herbert. Uh, but I, I think it's going to be a toss-up between who the better quarterback of the two is going to be. But for right now, for the immediate future, uh, this is assuming Hunter Henry's a free agent. If they retain Hunter Henry, um, you know, we could be looking at Mike Williams as a cap casualty. I, I think that's what uh, Jim was saying on my show earlier. Uh, or the, even if it's a free agent, can they resign him? So what kind of turnover is there going to be at pass catchers for Justin Herbert? But we've seen it at the end of the year. Uh, uh, when a couple of guys were out, he was still managed to put up pretty good numbers. So year two, Justin Herbert, I'll probably be a little bit more bullish on him. But in the long run, I, I think I'd rather take the shot on Joe Burrow, especially because uh, with the way people are talking, Joe Burrow is going to be cheaper in Dynasty. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. 100% he'll be cheaper in Dynasty. I mean, Herbert's what? Top five, top four? Maybe? For, yeah, the, record, for the record, I'm not trying to say that uh, Cincinnati doesn't have good weapons. Those receivers are fantastic. I, I think you know we talked about throughout the year, those guys are great. Um, but that O-line is, at this moment, atrocious. And I haven't seen them try to protect the quarterback for years. So it does scare me a little there. Yeah, I mean, the, the offensive line in Cincinnati has been an issue for a while. I mean, Mixon, he's got to make it click at some point. But, Billy, you and Ryan have always been on Herb God from the beginning. Yeah, Justin Herbert, an incredible rookie year. This guy had eight 300-yard passing games, six games with three or more passing touchdowns, and ended the year on a four-game win streak with these Chargers. And I, and in my opinion, hasn't had real, a whole lot of help from the running back position. Uh, Austin Eckler, pretty good player, but to me he's just a pretty good player. He's nobody that's going to make anybody come down in the box a little bit extra and give his wide receivers a whole bunch of one-on-ones that he can attack. And if he gets a running game, this Chargers team, they're, they're on the cusp of being – uh, you know, the little brother to the Chiefs in, in that AFC West that I've told you guys before, it's an arms race out there, guys. All these teams are trying to build these offenses to keep up with Kansas City, and I think the Chargers are probably the closest to actually making a dent and chopping down that Chiefs tree. Yeah, I mean, to me, when I look at Herbert, you just see the future when you're in Dynasty. Obviously, I'm a big Burrow fan as well, but my goodness, you've got to be sitting pretty. Uh, if you have Herbert in any Dynasty leagues, I don't see a lot of reasons to move him. Uh, just because, I mean, do we even know what this guy's ceiling is going to be yet? Uh, he's It's impressive. Plus, he has, he has Mike Williams. I am worried about the cap situation, but I'm really, really excited the fact that they're going to have a new head coach this year because I really got tired of Anthony Lynn and just really terrible coaching calls 
like clock management calls, not necessarily game plan calls, but terrible use or not use of timeouts. It really kind of messed up the feng shui of that offense quite often, really to my frustration a lot of times because there's so much talent in this team. Uh, my curiosity is, is Tyrod Taylor stay as backup or did, does he go and look to find a job somewhere else? Because I don't know if that's going to be anywhere for him. And then the other guy, Easton Stick, we haven't seen that much about him. I remember being slightly excited about him coming out, but he didn't see any playing time as rookie year because Rivers never misses a snap but this year I thought hey maybe if Herbert's not ready we might get to see a little stick early on no we didn't see it that guy's an interesting backup for me just because I feel like we don't really know what we're getting with this guy he was I do remember being semi-excited about him uh in the 2019 draft but otherwise this is Herbert's team for the next 10 to 20 it's this is this guy's a dynasty god per se got another interesting thing about Herbert 595 attempts 31 touchdowns, only 10 interceptions. That's really impressive for a rookie to not As be a rookie, all yeah. over that much. I mean, I mean, this guy, he showed a lot more potential earlier on than a lot of us thought. Even us, even myself, who was very high on Herbert, liked what I saw uh, coming out of college. I'm really impressed with him, and I'm trying to get my hands on him in every league I can moving into year two. Before we talk about this team that we already talked about, I mean, I just want to reiterate that, yeah, I, I said that Herbert would be the best rookie quarterback this year. We talked about that. That's no big deal. But, Ryan, the Los Angeles Rams, Tom and Billy and I already talked about this last week, but we didn't get your input on it. Matthew Stafford, the new gun in Sean McVay's offense, what do you think he's going to do there? Well, okay, so this is going to be everything about Todd McVay, and is he really brilliant, and is he really a genius? Uh, Excuse me, Todd McVay. Excuse me, Todd McShay, Sean McVay. (laughs) Whatever, man. Whoever that coach is, I don't have photographic memory like him. So Stafford really likes that long ball. He's always had that big receiver that gets downfield. That's not exactly what the Rams – I mean, if they still had Cooks, woo, man. But they have kind of two slot heroes per se. I don't mean that disrespectfully, but these guys are volume catchers. They're not massive big play guys. They get a lot of catches, and they get a lot of underneath stuff. They need somebody to stretch the top of that defense – I don't know if Reynolds or Van Jefferson is capable of that. That being said, I'm also a little interested to see what Stafford's going to do with this new offense with McVay, who everybody thinks is still a genius, which he might be. I think this is kind of exciting. What is this offense going to look like coming out? I think they will be improved because I do not like Goff. Uh, we were talking about this before the show. I was calling Wofford's going to create a, a quarterback controversy. Goff's time ran out there some point last year, maybe early this year. So Stafford is a superior quarterback. The Rams did get a little more dangerous, but will the offense be able to adjust to a big arm like Stafford who likes to get the ball down the field uh, versus a guy like Goff who's more dinky-dunky with those two slant god receivers that are really, really dangerous underneath? So do they make a move? Do they try to get one of those, like a guy like Brandon Cook's type that can take the top off the defense? Because I think Stafford can hit all those underneath guys just fine. But really to make that offense click, if Akers is who we thought we saw at the end of the year, they're going to need a guy that can take the defense and pull the safety's attention because if not, they're not going to be moving the ball in very big chunks. They're going to really it's going to be a run game through the air. And I mean, if Brady did it for a long time effectively when he didn't have a lot of weapons, so you can do it, but Stafford is a big gun. I'm hoping they get somebody to take the top off the defense at wide receiver. Yeah, I think so too. McVay's obviously got a plan going forward. Uh and I I think you're right that golf his time ran short or ran out. Anthony, what do you think this new offense for McVay is going to look like next year? I mean, people are, are extremely optimistic, and I know what we've seen in the past from Matthew Stafford uh, with the Lions. 
But I'm a little bit worried, like just as much as this could succeed and be an upgrade, I don't think it's a lock, especially in terms of winning football. Jared Goff, uh, in a smaller sample size, has been to a Super Bowl. He has a higher winning percentage. Uh, He doesn't get hurt. We're seeing Matthew Stafford. He's been able to stay healthy since getting banged up earlier in his career. But now in the past year or two, we're starting to see the lingering injuries, especially to the back. Um you bring up getting him a receiver who could take the top off of a defense with what money? No, it's a problem. It's uh, true. You, you know, uh, uh, they have three defensive backs, John Johnson, Troy Hill, and Darius Williams. They're all set to hit the open market. You can't lose all these guys and expect to go any further than you did this year with Jared Goff with Matthew Stafford. It's almost like you're putting him in the same situation if you start losing this defense, which is something Matthew Stafford has never had. So, Anthony, my question is, the GM of the Rams now came from Detroit, and obviously they're friends, right? You do more for your friends than you do for other people. So would you say that they paid to get Matt Stafford or you, you they paid to get Goff out of there? Uh, maybe a little bit of both, but less need. Look at the history since he's been the Rams general manager. He will overpay to get his guys, and he will get his guys. And nine times out of ten – I mean, again, he's been to the playoffs a few times. He's been to a Super Bowl. So these gambles are working. Yes, he's mortgaging first-round picks. But these first-round picks, they don't always translate. Meanwhile, he's bringing in studs that are winning football games for this team. Uh, So I think maybe uh, they wanted Goff out, and they want maybe a shorter deal with Stafford, uh, and and just to kind of shake things up. But what we do know, uh, at some point at the end of the year, and maybe it was that uh, 49ers game, that's what I see people point to. uh, When they had Nick Mullins and the Rams lost, that's a big-time rivalry between those two head coaches that is what some experts are pointing the finger. Uh, that's the game that Sean McVay made up his mind on Jared Goff. And now Jared Goff's going to be in a situation with, we don't even know what the hell the Lions are going to put around him besides TJ Hawkinson. Geronimo Allison, Quentin Cephas, maybe Danny Amendola with Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay are free agents. We have the new head coach wants to put uh, – you know, DeAndre Swift in, in the slot and eat kneecaps. Like, Jared Goff's is – he's toast. <laughs> yeah, Jared well, Goff is done. I mean, it's just – it's it's mind-blowing. Absolutely mind-blowing for the Detroit Lions. I want to ask you a slight question that's off-topic right now. What do you think Cam Akers does this year with Matt Stafford there? I'm all in on Cam Akers, so I'm a Cam Akers. That's why I want to ask you. I mean, I I think Malcolm Brown is uh, the odd man out of that backfield. So you still have Darrell Henderson. We could be looking at a a, a one-two punch with these guys. I I don't know if we're going to see Cam Akers uh, in that Todd Gurley role. I think that by committee approach last year worked. Uh, Both of these backs have similar skill sets. So uh, fantasy-wise, I would would rate – uh, Cam Akers higher, but I don't think Darrell Henderson is going anywhere. He he just looked the part finally last year. That's fair. I mean, that's what my guys have been telling me too. Fade Malcolm Brown, Darrell Henderson's going to be the dude. Anthony, let's go on into the Miami Dolphins right now and talk about Tua Tungabailoa. This guy has been in the hot seat right now, possibly being, in my mind, maybe a trade to the Texans for Deshaun Watson. We don't know if that's going to happen or not. It might not happen. It probably won't happen. 
But Tua there hasn't really shined too much in the time that he's been there. I mean, he was quarterback four one week, but after that, he hasn't broken the top 12 at all. Um, obviously, the offense got changed. He's got to move and groove. What do you think Tua does in his second year? If I'm the Dolphins, uh, you're going to have to make this decision now and not wait till next year because you're in a situation where at least two of one, I believe, six and three as a starter. I, I might be off a game there, uh, but it's not like the Josh Rosen situation where Rosen looked terrible. Tua won games, and that sells in the NFL. Um, if you decide to roll with Tua and he completely face plants next year, maybe now uh, he is still worth a late-round pick to some general managers. But if he plays this year and he's not good, all of a sudden that first-round pick's a fourth-round pick. Um, so I, if you're not sold on him, Move him now. Maybe you do package him for Deshaun Watson and, you know, swap picks that you already swapped. Uh, but I, I would get him out of there and, and not retain him if I'm not sold because his value can only go down if it doesn't get better. It's not going to stay the same. Anthony, let me ask you this. Are you sold on Tua? No. Me too. God dang it. Okay. Not in fantasy. And, and uh, you know, again, six and three with that defense is fine. But it, in those games where Kansas City shows up and makes that defense normal, you couldn't keep up. Not at all. Tom, what do you guys? You got the mic up. I mean, you know where I felt on two all year. I was not in on it. Six and three record. You nailed that, Anthony. But it, I don't think that's indicative of how he actually played. I mean, 64% completion percentage. Okay, great. He threw for 181 yards a game. That's right in there with Lamar Jackson. But at least, <laughs> and Anthony, the guys here know I do not like Lamar Jackson. I'm not in on him long term. Lamar at least has legs. Two, right. and not that he's slow. He doesn't have that rushing aspect. He's not going to run for 1,000 yards a year and carry your offense. If you're throwing for 181 yards a game and not running the ball, that's not going to do it. They don't have a rushing attack. Like, yes, they have some some okay to good running backs at best, but it's nothing that's going to knock somebody's socks off that you can just hand it off to a back every single down and then dink and dunk some passes here and there to win your game. That's not going to work. For me, it's trade him now, whether it's to get Watson or just find somebody to give you a first rounder for him and you just have all the first rounders in the world. You take whatever quarterback you want early in the uh, the first and just build around somebody else. Call it a day. Everything that Tom just said, literally, I agree with. So I'm going to take my time to talk about a man that I have a very deep love for in Fitzmagic. And when that guy retires, man, the NFL is not going to be as good of a league. Uh, he was the superior quarterback, both in fantasy and otherwise, to Tua. So if they don't move Tua, you fire somebody in the, the front office. You, you, when you watched him compared to Fitzpatrick, you got to wonder how good could this guy really be? Because what he's done this year, he looks very Alex Smithy. And an, when I, I mean early career Alex Smithy, not rejuvenated feel good story Alex Smithy, who was kind of prolific in a few ways in the late end of his career. I'm looking at early season. I mean, an early career Tua is early career Alex Smith. I mean, what? How really? And you passed on Aaron Rodgers for that guy. Now you're looking at Tua and you're going, oh, we passed on Herbert for that guy. You just can't live with yourself. you got to let somebody else try to get him. Use Fitzpatrick for the year if you want. But if I'm Miami, there is no price I'm not paying to get Watson. 
Tua and how many firsts does it take? Because we'll give them to you. Because that is a, a team that just needs uh, Deshaun Watson away from messing around in the Super Bowl if they're not careful. So to me, Tua has to be gone. And if not, I'm going to really lose respect for the Miami front office because how did they not see what I thought was clear this year and that, all right, maybe this guy could wind up being good. He's never going to be great. And right now it's looking like a, a rough road to get into the Super Bowl with that guy as your QB. And you already have the team set up for it. So why don't you give yourself a chance? Yeah, for me with Tua, it seems like the wheels are turning and he's just not able to digest what he's looking at quick enough. He, I mean, we're talking about a guy who had less than 300 dropbacks and was sacked uh, 20 times. Comparing that to Derek Carr, who had you know well over 500, 550 range of attempts, sacked 26 times. Uh, the 6-3 and three record, I feel like, is a little bit indicative of the defense really seeming like they wanted to play for Tua or knew they had to pick it up a little bit when Tua was in the game. You started them, They started to turn the ball over a lot more in those games when Tua was under center. And one thing I, that I really didn't like, yeah, Fitzmagic came in and, and did his thing late in games, but you're also kind of stunting the young man's growth and maybe pulling that confidence out of him a little bit from giving him those opportunities to grow in those tough situations. So for me, I'm right with you guys where you got to move them now, try to try to upgrade for this Dolphins team because it seems like the rest of the team is built to win in the quarterback position. They're just kind of behind. And, and had Tua been what a lot of people thought he was, I think they'd be fine. However, I just don't see it with Tua. Uh, and I saw I see a lot of mental mistakes and some, some throws that were just really errant for an NFL quarterback just watching games on a regular basis with Tua under center. I guess that's why when you look at him, people aren't sold on the cat. Yeah, it's also it tough like to say that the most broad analysis of Tua, some guys way up on him, some guys way down on him. You know, most guys, you know, maybe not everybody loves Herbert as much as we might, but they all are pretty high on the guy. Obviously, that's a bad example. But with Tua, some guys are like, no, no way. What can't talk me into it. Can't show me anything that makes me like him. And and the spectrum is really broad on him, which isn't real indicative of uh, a lot of future success either, in my opinion. So going on from that is a guy who – I guess is proven a little bit, but he had a guy that I thought was going to win offensive rookie of the year in, Je- in Justin Jefferson. So Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, I mean, is he the guy of the future? I'm not too sure that he's the guy of the future for this franchise. Obviously he's playing well. He never really broke the top 10, but I think one or two times this season, uh, but it was always there. Um, Ryan, kick us off right now. Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. What do you think? Um, I think that Kirk Cousins had a remarkably good year that nobody's talking about. And I wasn't talking about it either because it was so under the radar. But 35 TDs, 13 interceptions, uh, almost 4,300 yards passing with a 67.6 completion percentage. What? Like, I'm so used to kind of thinking he's just above average and just kind of ignoring him from there. Like, all right, he's the low-end QB1, high-end QB2. But – Je- and here I was thinking, oh, my God, they lost Diggs. Is Thielen going to be okay? Jefferson stepped right in and made that okay. They got Dalvin Cook. When I look at Kirk Cousins, why not? Uh, to me, this is a perfect example of waiting on a quarterback. You can get him real late, and Cousins is going to get you borderline QB1 value. Uh, I see no reason why this offense should be worse next year, honestly. Um, Irv Smith had an up-and-down year. There was a lot of weird stuff in Minnesota. I mean, I – I want to see a year with Cousins and Jefferson getting more time. As far as the other quarterbacks, I'm ignoring them all because this is Cousins' show. They gave him too much money, and I think they're looking towards the future. But I think next year, this is Kirk Cousins' year again. 
Uh, Minnesota, I don't know if they're really going to compete for anything, but Cousins is going to be the guy next year. Moving forward, I'm not so sure. That's yeah. fair. Tom, what do you, what's your take on it? I definitely think it's still the Cousins show. Um, I mean, he does put up good numbers year in and year out. The biggest thing he could do is probably knock down the interceptions a little bit. He is up in the double digits most years. Nothing crazy, but uh, could improve a little bit there. Uh, but beyond that, it's, for the most part, 4,000-plus yards a season. That's great. Uh, Long term, I'm not sold on Cousins. Just as you, know, you do look at the fact he's you know going 33 uh, into next season, I could see if somebody like Trey Lance or one of these quarterbacks that's maybe not a day one starter but has some upside to develop, you could get somebody like that, develop them behind Cousins, and it, it could be a potential starter in you know two years. Uh, that's kind of where I'm looking at these guys. Billy, what do you think? Yeah, Kirk Cousins had the only the second 35 touchdown passing season in Vikings history, Dante Culpepper being the other one. That means Brett Favre, Warren Moon, neither one of those guys had 35 passing touchdowns. So let's not diminish what this guy did stat-wise. It's also a career high for him uh, with Washington and Minnesota as well. I like what I saw out of Cousins. The offense hummed a lot. When they're, and if they're built around Dalvin Cook, let's be honest here. This is a running team. Uh, typically, Dalvin Cook is the catalyst and it gets going. But Kirk Cousins brings a lot to the table from a, an experienced standpoint, maybe not in the postseason. However, it's an experienced guy that young guys look to in the huddle. He can do, he can command a huddle. He can run an offense like you want to. Yeah, maybe the turnovers he gets up there, but still 13, that's tied for his career worst. It's really not all that bad for another guy with well over 500 passing attempts. And, hey, guys, he's in a rough division uh, with Green Bay, Chicago, and Detroit had been improving in some aspects, uh, you know, before this year kind of derailed everything that looked like progress going on in Detroit. But I like Kirk Cousins, and there's some teams that are really interested in trying to acquire him uh, to add him to their roster, you know, the Niners being one of them uh, with the connection with Kyle Shanahan especially. The guys that have been around this guy respect him and like this guy, and they play for him. 35 passing touchdowns uh, with Phelan and uh, a, a rookie in Justin Jefferson. I mean, he improved and did more than uh, Stephon Diggs had done in this offense. So I think things are looking up, and I don't think it would be smart for the Vikings to move on uh, from Kirk Cousins at this juncture. That's fair. Anthony, I know we kept you for a while, and I know you've exceeded the time that, we, that you told me you would. That's fine, and I love it, brother. Um, what is your take on the Minnesota Vikings? And then also, after that, let us know some more about the Podathon and everything that you're working on. Drop your Twitter handle where we can follow you. Our listeners can follow you on. Well, listen, on, on Kirk Cousins, and I'm happy I, I got to talk about him because I used to be a big Kirk Cousins guy. Like when he first went from Washington to Minnesota, I, I thought he was going to be a 5,000-yard passer. Uh, and then we saw a lot of change in Minnesota. So back in Washington, uh, you know, when he was really popping, remember they had like Pierre Garçon and – Jordan Reed and Deshaun Jackson, they were loaded at receiver, and it seemed like they kept taking more and more away, and he was pretty consistent on a bad football ball team. He goes to Minnesota, doesn't really pop fantasy-wise the way I thought he did, uh, but this was a Minnesota team who had a top-end defense at the time. Um, and, and then we started seeing the emergence of Dalvin Cook. Well, then the year Dalvin Cook 
got hurt or didn't play 2018, we see 606 passing attempts. Kirk Cousins really has a, I would say a, for him, a, a pretty big fantasy year. 2019, what happened? Well, Dalvin Cook stayed healthy. The defense stayed good. 444 attempts. The yardage at 3,600. Uh, 26 touchdowns, six picks. That Minnesota Vikings team made a little bit of a playoff run. And it's almost like Dak Prescott and Dallas, when these guys aren't putting up massive fantasy numbers, uh, they're not making up, make more mistakes. The team uh, is better around them, and they're making uh, a playoff run. Uh, but then this past year with Kirk Cousins, what happens? Dalvin Cook stayed healthy, so it's not that they're uh, you know running less. It's the fact that this defense – took a monster step back. They lost a lot of personnel. This has been the worst Mike Zimmer defense to me, uh, I would say, in 15 years. And this is going back as a coordinator with the Dallas Cowboys uh, and his time in Cincinnati. Uh, so we saw a, a very good Kirk Cousins fantasy-wise. What's it going to be next year? I, I know all the pieces are there, but if this defense gets back on track, I, I, I think we see a little bit of a regression. But if this defense doesn't do anything to improve, then expect more of 2020 Kirk. Dang. Okay. That's fair. Right. That's a great assessment. Um, Anthony real quick. I got to put these on our little Snapchat or whatever we got. It's three of these. These are 32 ounces. I got three of these today. Got to get my workout picture in. Y'all don't want to see the before and after. I'll show that afterwards. Cause I'm planning on winning this thing, dropping some LBs for you guys. Anthony, where can everyone follow you at? What are you working on? And obviously drop the potathon one more time. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Twitter and all of the top social media handles at the real NFL guru. My show is at the FF face off and my partner is Mike Hoff and we do the mental health potathon. We will be doing year two of the potathon partnered with the Hayden Hurst foundation. Uh, this coming July, we don't have the date set yet, but if you're following us on social media, we're going to be posting all about it. Um, we're we're going to be looking for contributors and guests. So just keep your eyes out on Twitter and all of the other social social media and podcast platforms, and also my writing and betting content. I do a little bit of uh, NFL breaking news over at thegameday.com, the game day NFL on Twitter. Heck yeah. Everybody follow Anthony. Great content. Watch the podcast. Listen to it. Amazing. Anthony, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, we definitely appreciate you, sir, and hopefully we'll have you back on here shortly. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Good night. Thank Good you, night. Anthony. Thanks. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. I did want to add guys one more. I wanted to add one more kind of weird stat about Kirk Cousins that I just kind of figured out. I find kind of crazy. Uh, I went on mute that- for just a second. Hold on, hold on. He said he's going on mute for just a second. Yeah, just just go for your stats. I'm going to go for my stats. Going. All right, this is what I find remarkable. Kirk, two stats, and that they're both the same is uh, the same guy. Weirds me out. Kirk Cousins. His average in Minnesota 
is 30.3 TDs and 9.7 INTs per year. So he has over 30 touchdowns and under 10 interceptions for his career in Minnesota and over 4,000 yards, by the way, every year. But so keep in mind, that's only over three years, though. And one of them right. he had six. It was that kind of. Yeah, I just I mean, not many quarterbacks could make those cutoffs in their career averages in one place. But what I find insane is that same guy in 104 games is a 500 quarterback. Yeah, he is 51, 51 and two. And that is why Kirk Cousins is the quarterback of the short term future, but not the long term future. Because fifty one and fifty one and two ain't going to cut it for a guy with over four hundred or over a hundred starts. So here's the thing, right? It fantasy can become difficult in some time, you know, in some cases, because you look at a quarterback like Kirk Cousins, where yeah, he's a five hundred quarterback, but he puts up pretty good numbers for the most part. But the like the years that he's done best, twenty nineteen, a ten and five record, the best record he has ever had, was probably his worst year that he's ever started. He only started 15 games this year, that year, but you know, since starting full seasons, theoretically, that's the worst season he's had numbers wise. I mean, you look at a guy like Dak Prescott, you know, 2020 here, albeit he only played for a short period of time. He was putting up all time numbers, but they were losing. So there's only so much you can do as a quarterback. Like you guys saw this week. I hate quarterback wins as a quarterback or excuse me, wins as a quarterback stat. It shouldn't be a quarterback stat because Dak Prescott putting up on pace for 5,000 plus yards a season and losing every single game or all but one, it it doesn't add up, right? You're, if you're losing all but one game, you're eventually going to get put on the bench or you're going to get cut. You might be putting up great fantasy numbers, but that's only good for so long. And we've seen guys like Blake Bortles, win a lot of games, and still get moved on from pretty quickly. One thing I think uh, is important to keep in mind when you're talking about a guy like Kirk Cousins, it's not necessarily Kirk Cousins that you get excited about from a fantasy standpoint. But what he does is he allows your guys Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, and Dalvin Cook, a legitimate quarterback, to keep keep those guys with a high floor for your fantasy teams. And for me, I don't necessarily go get Kirk Cousins, but I don't mind having some of his targets and his teammates on on a Kirk Cousins-led offense from a fantasy standpoint, there's a lot worse options. It's that 69% completion percentage while he's been in Minnesota. It's real nice, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Two 4,200-yard passing seasons. I mean, hey, he's got the he's got two of the top three passing yard performances in Vikings history, and they've had some decent quarterback play over the years, guys. So, I mean, that's it's pretty impressive what he's doing there, uh, even though, uh, you know, Kirk doesn't get you terribly excited from a fantasy standpoint. Redraft? Dynasty. Absolutely. Redraft dynasty. It's it's redraft. Nice. I'm cool with him all day, but dynasty. I'm no, not even make on move. Radar. Make your move dynasty, now. I'll take his whoever they bring in to to follow him up. Yeah. Yep. So he here's a now, real guys. interesting team, guys. That eh. I put yikes. I said yikes because I don't know what's going to happen here with Bill Belichick, and I don't think it's going to be anybody that we're going to talk about right now. I think it's going to be Mac Jones. But, Billy, I know we're way off. We're way off and we're way off right now. But I'm just going to keep it rolling, you know, like Ryan does. You know, hippy-dippy. Let's just roll with it. Billy, I want you to talk about these guys first because I want to hear what Tom has to say right before I talk about the New England Patriots, Cam Newton, Jarrett Sidham, Brian Hoyer, and then whoever this guy is that Ryan – I. 
It's got to be like Tom DeLonge's brother from Blink-182, right? Is that that guy? Yeah. Jake DeLuc- DeLagola. DeLagola. There we go. See, I don't even know. Drink. I don't even know how to say his name. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you one thing I know about the New England Patriots quarterback situation. It's that no one on that list will be their starter in 2021. Cam Newton had an absolutely pathetic season. After coming out the gate, Chris, and kind of making us look like we were on the, on the right train here, we quickly – Bailed off that thing way before it made it back to the station. I mean, abysmal quarterback play. It was horrible. And and look at some of these stats. His, his completion percentage, maybe not that bad at 65%, but eight whopping touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Now, come on. I, I knew Cam Newton wasn't the most prolific passing guy, uh, you know, per se. But, man, I surely thought his potential was a little bit higher than that especially playing with uh, King Game Plan himself and Bill Belichick. But, uh, you know, Servino might have been the only guy that predicted these guys to be as poor as they were. I thought at least this would be an eight, nine-win team, four to six wins. Man, not very good. Yeah, Tom was probably on that train too. My bad, Tom. Sorry. To that way. Tom the man, belly up Tom. But uh, and Jarrett Stidham, you know, we really didn't get a look at anybody else in a way. I know a lot of people were kind of excited about Stidham. He was supposed to be the guy, like Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, was supposed to be the next guy, the Belichick's guy that he went and found. And it just seems like Belichick doesn't even necessarily believe in this guy because he's not even giving him an opportunity. Uh, when the quarterback play was so horrible, bad for the New England Patriots this year, and it's just so crazy to watch a Patriots team with poor quarterback play, and it just goes to show, you know, the level, you know, like we said before, there's levels to this shit. And Brady might be on his own level. And uh, Cam, Stidham, these guys are nowhere near that level. So I'm very interested to see what they do. And we talked about uh, Tua Tagovailoa a little bit ago. I would be curious to see what he might be able to do playing with Bill Belichick because that that uh, that excellent level coaching, that, that just Belichick's coaching ability, game planning is on his own level. And he puts guys in the position to succeed and do what they do best. I would be. I would like to see Tua end up in New England somehow, just to see if Belichick couldn't uh, get the kid's mind right and get him learned up a little bit and see what they, he might be able to turn him into. Can I say one quick thing before Ryan goes? Yeah, go ahead, Tom. I don't know if you guys have ever noticed, but there's one thing that every single Patriots punter that Bill Belichick signs has had in common. Do you guys know what it is? They're lefties. Oh, I was not going to say that. But that Always has a lefty punter. I'm pretty maybe. sure they said that before, and I've heard that. Maybe he goes lefty quarterback now. Ooh, 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 ooh. Ryan was on mute. Ryan Damn. was on mute. Yes. Drink. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that is strange. That is very strange, and I have heard that before as well. But um, I forget the reasoning, but for some reason. It's harder to catch it. Differently and you don't practice catching. I think so. Yeah. We, we, yeah. I will goes the other way. Exactly. It's just different. Apparently, he thinks that leads to more fumbles. And New England special teams has been good for a long time. So I'll, I'll go there. I don't want to talk about any of these quarterbacks for New England. I think they all suck. Every one of them. They, you know they the don't. The left-handed thing, though, uh, Jerry Rice. He, he. I've seen him break down the difference in catching the ball from Joe Montana to Steve Young, and he said it, he definitely. Tell the difference from the left to the righty. Eagles had it with Cobb and Vic. Yeah, yep. interesting. Yep. 
Yeah, so for me, there's going to be a different quarterback here. I do think it's going to be Jimmy G. So much of that makes sense for both teams that, you know, Jimmy G comes in, he knows the system. Um, maybe you address the line and maybe if you can keep – I think he can be an, a serviceable quarterback if he doesn't have to run for his life. Um, and if you get enough weapons around him, like he's not going to be bad enough for you can't win with him, but he's nothing special to me. Cam, you know, I was just thinking about this, what I'd really love to see with Cam, and it ain't going to happen because it just won't work, but he should go to Baltimore and him and Lamar can share the backfield and you can have a thunder lightning. Now you have two running backs instead of one. So to me, why not have more running backs if you're Baltimore? Go get Cam. There's your goal line guy. You can literally line him up next to Lamar. Good luck defenses trying to deal with some of the wrinkles you could put in there. You got speed. You got power. Either one can throw. Cam throwing for the completion percentage he did really kind of caught me off guard because he looked like garbage. That being said, a lot of it was dinky dunky. It was dinky dunky, guys. So I could throw over 50% to my running backs all day. But it wasn't even James White being productive. I know, I'm very angry. Dinky dunky. It was pathetic dinky dunky. It was the wrong kind of the wrong kind of dinky dunky. So I don't want to spend any more time on this team. Uh, I, again, I don't think any of these quarterbacks is the answer for any team in the league. And Cam could make a heck of a good backup for uh, any team that runs a running quarterback type offense. I even like him in Arizona. You can maybe take Kyler out of the game and the goal line, avoid some of them big hits that he can't avoid and let Cam take an add a year or two of career to his career. By taking I'd, love to, I'd love to see Cam in New Orleans with Drew Brees come in like uh, I can't remember the guy's name for Oklahoma. He used to come in in the in the eighteen wheeler package, and you know like they're a wildcat, but you just can't stop it because he's huge. They get the inside. Bell yes, exactly. Yes, and I'd love to see Cam in that sort of role for somebody where he comes in in the red zone and just bulldozes into the end zone until his career is over in a couple of seasons. But I just don't see uh, what else you're going to get out of that guy right now. So real quick, I got to say, since you guys brought up Breeze, Breeze is done. I'm just putting it out there now because it could come literally any day at this point. Oh, I mean, we're going to talk about right next. 100%. Right next. Is that, is that next? All right, yeah, we'll get into it then. Next. We'll, we'll wait. Uh, Patriots, okay. Um, Ethan, the intern. I need Ethan to pull the first time I said Cam Newton is going to suck because I remember somebody asking me, I grew up in North Carolina. If you just started listening to the show – that's where I spent my childhood, right? I was not a Panthers fan, for the record. I've always been an Eagles fan. But I watched Cam Newton as I grew up. He was always crap. It was it, like it, he had some good years, but like it, he was never actually a good quarterback, right? And that came to fruition this year when he had 177 passing yards a game. I don't care about 65.8% completion percentage. You had less than 200 yards a game as a quarterback. And by the way, you only threw eight touchdowns and you had 10 interceptions. That's the bigger deal of it. You had more interceptions than you had passing touchdowns. I don't care how many rushing touchdowns you have. At least have an even touchdown to to interception passing. You get what I'm saying. It's ugly. He's not the answer. Jared Stidham, I thought he might get some playing time. Unfortunately, didn't. I think you you kind of lost out on him being your guy after not playing him this year. I think that you're too far gone. You have to bite the bullet. You might be able to get something super late round for him. Somebody will take him as a backup. Who knows? He's un- under the Belichick system. So maybe one of those Belichick coaches will say, I'll give you a sixth rounder for him. 
Um, Jimmy G, I don't see it being entirely impossible, but I don't see Belichick giving up a ton for him either. And I don't know what the 49ers would ask for him. I feel like that even though he's still like, he hasn't really played full games. He was always getting pulled out. Um, he started trade cam for Jimmy G. Oh, the 49ers aren't going to trade cam for Jimmy G. They don't uh, cam. They'd rather <laughs> start Nick Mullins. Hey, you know, the Niners wanted Kirk Cousins. The Vikings want a one. In that scenario, if somehow the Vikings come down a little bit or the Niners and the Vikings make a deal to reunite Kirk with Kyle Shanahan, I, I could see Jimmy Garoppolo getting cut loose and ending up in um, New England without Belichick having to give up a whole lot. Or a three-way trade. Like, the, or, I mean, like how, like how Cam went, though. Like, Belichick just waited, and he just got Cam on the cheap. He might just wait and pick up Ryan Fitzmagic at the very end. So here's my thing, right? So before we get into Fitzmagic, because I don't think that that's the guy, right? Ooh. I, I do think. Yeah, I agree. Ooh, for that. Third for Jimmy 49ers to go get Matt Ryan. Yeah, I makes will Matt Ryan that's, San Francisco. We still have to get to San, to San Fran. That I would be third for Jimmy, though. I, I like the trade for everybody involved. You want to get rid of Jimmy, you get a third back, you don't lose much. Matt Ryan shouldn't be too expensive. That I'm makes curious to see if San Fran would take a third, though. The quarterback market was set high with the whole Stafford Ooh, yes. trade. Very, very unfortunate much for everyone involved. I mean, it's the Rams overpaid. It is what it is. The the Eagles are looking to trade Wentz. That that was in the chat earlier. I I don't think they're going to trade him because they think the value is going to be too high. I think the value is high on anyway, even after a bad year. But you don't want to trade a quarterback for less than they're really worth. And I think that everyone is kind of even higher up than they really anticipated quarterbacks being after that. If I'm the Niners, I'm not trying to push Jimmy G out the door. I mean, last year, everybody was banged up. But when this has been a healthy team, Garoppolo has been fine in San Fran, even even pretty damn good at times. So my opinion, unless someone's you can you can roll with him. Yeah, exactly. Unless someone's knocking on the door. I'm 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 going to disagree. Because that team is stupid talented, and he should have been better than what he was. I don't have a problem with him. I think he's average, which is why the, I think they already have a plan in place. So if they have a Matt Ryan situation already locked up, you just take insert price here because if not, you're releasing that guy. Uh, I, I I do think the more I think about it, and I also wonder if Watson can get involved in this deal uh, I would like to see a big quarterback trade with like multiple teams just because that's something that only happens on Madden, and I'm kind of tired of it only being on Madden. I will so say it was said, Adam Schefter said the only thing that would happen or the only way Deshaun would get traded is if it was a huge, the hugest trade that we've ever seen. And that's something that you're talking about a three, four, five way trade. So and before we get back to the Patriots here, right? Because we, we, we do need to bring it back. I will say with the cap dropping for 2021, I think if there's ever a time you're going to see one of these massive multi-team, I'm not talking three-team, I'm talking four or five-team deals, this could be it. We could see salary dumps, draft picks moving, players moving. You know, it, it could really become a – like you could see Watson, Ryan, Garoppolo all moving in the same deal theoretically. I, I, if it's ever going to happen, I think this is the year it could happen. So I think we're in for an interesting offseason. Oh, it's going to be super fun. Patriots, though. Just to round it back, right? Yeah, where's Ethan? He needs to ch- check us. 
Yeah. So he's got to, he's got to figure out why I said Cam was going to suck. I'm hoping he take the night off. Everybody, Ethan Cameron will be unleashed next week, and hopefully he'll be in the backstage of our show. So fact checking us left and right next week, Ethan. Well, yeah, we need that because we're full of shit most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're all about. Yeah. I think though you're all over my stuff, Billy. You can't say stuff like that. <laughs> so boys, I think the Patriots who have about sixty million in cap space this year, by the way, which is the most they've had in a long time. They haven't really ever had that much space. I think you see two quarterbacks come in. I think we see a rookie, possibly, you know. Not a, a five guy. It might be Jones. You could see Ooh. him come a little bit later. And get the value out of it. Matt Jones. But then there's three guys. I Ryan see. got it. Ryan got it. <laughs> oh, no, I got it. Yeah. Sorry, Tom. No, you're good. There's three guys I could see, uh, you know, possibly going in. Jacoby Brissett, free agent. Damn, yeah. Oh, God. Andy Dalton. Oh, God. I love Andy Dalton, you guys. We were talking about that last year. Andy Dalton, not a bad quarterback, right? Like, it's if under the right system, I think could be not a great, but a good quarterback and a stopgap on a short one or two year deal for a guy like Jones to develop a little bit into the NFL and get a little bit of playing time. Patrick just said, Tyrod. Brian, tell your little brother to stop playing with my emotions. Yeah. I don't know about Tyrod. I don't think. I'm not even gonna put that up here. I wouldn't totally <laughs> with my emotion. again. Patrick, stop it. He loves Tyrod. The last one though, boys, and this one's a little bit of a stretch, but I wouldn't put it past Belichick to bring him in. Mitch Trubisky. Oh. Hey, he has a history of taking people's orphaned first round picks and turning them in and giving them the career that we all thought they would have where they were drafted. I yeah. like that a lot, Tom. I think that is a brilliant move. And I that's really the fact that you can sit and wait for all your trade stuff to work out and then go snag him when he's sitting on the table like spoiled meat. Go It'd bring him in real and cheap. him up. And if, if you bring in him and a quarterback that you can develop at the same time, you can even have it be a quarterback battle at that point. You don't have to say, oh, just because you're 26, 27, whatever Mitch Trubisky is, and you're on a vet deal now, I don't care. Give me Trubisky. I have this other guy who might be bring able to magic to push him. Fitz magic to push Trubisky. Oh man! Quarterback competition. Let Fitz magic help him out, coach him up. Fitz, oh, I love Fitz that. It's magic Jones Trubisky. That's your quarterback depth chart in New England. That oh, would be so good. No, guys. Which y'all? Here's the thing that I I think that oh, we're we not go. considering in in, in this go. moment. We're thinking about short like. Belichick's legacy is on the line right now. J- Brady just won a Super Bowl without Belichick him. doesn't care about long term. He cares about the next oh, three years or so before he retires. I, he I, 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 very I short agree term. with Ryan right now. Brady needs a splash QB right now, or else people are going to start saying that Belichick was a product of Brady. He has got so, to get to the playoffs. So no, I agree, and I'm not saying though that like I'm not saying it's not a, a splash quarterback, but I'm saying he could take multiple options here. And turn that into, I'm developing you now. He, we know he theoretically can develop a quarterback very well, right? If you brought in a Trubisky or a Jones or a Fitzmagic or all three, who cares who it is? You could have three quarterbacks in there. 
that would be the ultimate FU. I'm the greatest coach. I don't care who my quarterback is. I have three dudes that have started this year and you make the playoffs. A rookie first round throwaway and Fitzmagic who's played on 74 teams, even though there's only 32 in the league. (laughs) Right. would be cap friendly as well. Another thing Belichick enjoys. I'm telling you. And and, go ahead. I was going to say, if you're able to bring in guys like that, it, it would really give you that ultimate, again, if you're able to succeed with them, the ultimate F you to anybody that says it was Tom Brady. That's true, but that if is resounding. Because if what if he goes 5-11 and 11 with those guys? Then you're looking at him now, two straight years of a crap year. He has none. He's never won without Brady anywhere he's ever been in his career, ever. Like So if I'm him, I am in DEFCON 5. Next year is... Get your butt in the playoffs no matter what it takes because it's going to be a problem. It, what if gonna, that is a no-brainer in my opinion. He has got to get his next guy or else he's going to be stuck in no man's land and every year his legacy gets tarnished. I will say I think for Tyrod, that's the only reason he doesn't go Tyrod. Tyrod, well, a good quarterback, he's more game manager than carrying somebody. I think Trubisky, at least you have a shot at ha- – like it. Yes, he's not a great quarterback. I'm not saying that, but I think that there's some possibility that under the right coach, maybe he could be a better quarterback. Tyrod, we've seen under multiple systems. And again, he's good. He's good, but that's about it. He's not lighting the world on fire. He's managing the game well, very well, and not turning the ball over. We're never going to talk about Tyrod again. Let's no, we're done with Tyrod. I'm about to punch all. I'm about to punch all my monitors. I got like twelve of them over here. To, to Ryan's point that the Patriots have to make the playoffs, let's not forget that they had some ballers opt out of this season. And the main guy yeah, being the defender. quarterback of that defense, right smack dab in the middle. So defense gets back this year. Yeah, most in the NFL by far, and some superstars. So I think that comes back. You you don't have to have incredible quarterback play. For the Patriots, and they're still the scariest team in the AFC East. Yeah, the Bills, they played well this year. Uh, the Dolphins, they were on the borderline playoff team, and if the Jets somehow end up with Deshaun Watson, then the, the front definitely is changing uh, directions for them. However, when Bill Belichick and his guys get off the bus, they're still the more intimidating group in that, that division. I think this is the closest we'll ever see this division. I think you'll see two new quarterbacks in Miami, excuse me, and in New York. Bills are already there. I think the Patriots are the worst team in the division. Even with the guys coming back, and you're absolutely right, they had big names sit out. I still think it's the worst team in the division unless they bring in a quarterback. And I don't even think it's a big-name quarterback. Like I say, it could be one of these guys that you don't necessarily think of as great, but you need somebody that's going to be able to play and win games for you. And if that's Belichick winning the game via coaching that quarterback or what it is, they're not going to be intimidating, though. To me, at least, Josh Allen in Buffalo. I'm intimidated to walk into that stadium. I don't want to go jump through tables to win a game, right? I mean, you're not wrong about that. I have nothing really to add to this, but I want to get to this because our time is coming up. Um, my wife kept me on a strict clock tonight, guys. But Your wife always does that. Always, always. But I mean, it keeps us in line, so that's fine. So. <laughs> This team right here, Drew Brees, we in our chat together, 
he might have given the Saints a part or a going away gift, right? And I believe that's a hundred percent true. He's going to be commentating. We saw what Tony Romo does, and I think Drew Brees is going to be better, way better, and probably a fan favorite just because of the guy that he is, what he's done for the city of New Orleans, his aura that he puts out. But what do you have in New Orleans? You have Sean Payton saying that Taysom Hill out of BYU is the franchise guy. We saw what he did in this season when given the opportunity was great as a tight end in ESPN leagues um, cheat code, but as a true quarterback, he limited AK's ability in fantasy, a huge hindrance in AK's fantasy. My wife just texted me and said, I just heard my wife. Why are you talking about me? Sorry. I do this very, very often, Bryn. I'm sorry. But when you look at Taysom Hill, quarterback 32, 32, 34, 32, 26, took a break. When he finally gets into it, he's a quarterback three one week, quarterback eight another week, but nothing super phenomenal. And those weeks that he was good, AK was not good. I mean, Sean Payton's going to be there, right? Taysom Hill, he's quoted the dynasty quarterback for him. We saw what Jameis Winston did in, like, what, the one play? Oh, there she is. Tom, you go ahead because I'm going to be shushed by my wife. Don't worry. Mine will probably do that to me shortly. Uh, so, Taysom Hill, I mean, you're definitely right. He did limit Alvin Kamara's success. But that's in fantasy. When you really look at it in the four games started, like, let's, let's be honest here. As much as we want them to care about fantasy, head coaches could give a shit about fantasy. They don't care what we want, right? Yeah, exactly. Just throw it away. So in those four games, though, Taysom went three for four. The only loss against Philly, no clue how. It was a 24-21 game. Um, But really, out of those four games, three of them were actually good games uh, for Taysom. And oddly enough, the loss wasn't one of them. Taysom had over a 70% completion percentage in three of the four, uh, well over 200 yards in all th- uh, in those three. Uh, and in two of them, he had two touchdowns and only two interceptions total. It, it was decent numbers from him. It's a small sample size. I don't really take the games where he has one or two passes as really uh, an actual even sample for what he can do as a quarterback because I've seen – on teams where they bring somebody in for a play or two. And and as a quarterback, a lot of times you have to get into a rhythm. You're not going to come out there, throw one pass and nail it. It takes you a couple throws to really get in the rhythm with your receivers. So from the small sample size we have, I'm not mad at Taysom Hill, at least as a stopgap since Drew Brees, after the numerous injuries he had this season that were not disclosed as who was it, Ryan or was it Ryan or me? I forget. Some, one of us talked real quick, everybody, Belly up Tom, the coldest player in the game, said that this would be Drew Brees' last season and he would play with more injuries than, than, than the public would know about. Called that at the beginning of the season. And that was you, Tom. You said he would play with more injuries than anyone would ever know about and they would be significant. That's wild as heck. How do you know that? 
I don't know what to do with my hands. You could probably drop the mic. <laughs> I, I actually really couldn't remember if that was me or Ryan. I knew it was early season. I couldn't remember if Philly's on yet. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, everyone, did you see what this? What my wife just said? Yes, we always do. We do our best, Bryn. She was so upset at me during the Super Bowl because I was so smug. I was so smug during the Super Bowl. She was like, why are these guys even – why are they even talking to you right now? And I was like, we have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have to. That's the only reason. Yeah, yes, <laughs> exactly. It's actually required. <laughs> yeah. All right, so am, I'm sorry. Am I uh, – Tom, are you good or – so I was, I was going to wrap up by saying I think Taysom is an option as a stopgap. I don't necessarily know about long term. I mean, the guy's already broken the the 30-year-old barrier, uh, which isn't great to start your career as a starting quarterback. He's old. But he, he's less banged up than a guy that's 30. I mean, we talk about guys that skipped years or whatever. So I think you could play him for a year or two. Uh, I don't think that Jameis Winston is going to be the answer either. I think he's gone. I think yeah, he's a free agent, so I don't think they bring him back. But I think you might see them try and bring in a rookie quarterback late in the draft this year and maybe go earlier in a, a year or two to to try and find somebody. They have no cap space, by the way. I think they're about $100 million over the cap. Drew Brees might have put him at 95 or $90 million over the cap. It's Yeah, yeah for the Brees situation, it's probably like $90 million. Like That was yeah. the gift. Yeah, so for me, I love Taysom Hill in New Orleans when he is the gadget player Taysom Hill that we've seen through the years. I do not like him as the QB1. The QB1 to me, he's it, it doesn't make sense from a lot of different – he's a weapon. Like it, it's almost a new position. And if he, what I saw from him as the QB1 made me think, okay, he's good for a spot start or two. Defenses are going to have to prepare for him in another way. But this guy's going to get figured out because he's so heavily reliant on his legs and he's going to take a beating. And like you said, he's not young. Meanwhile, waiting in the wings, Jameis. Now, look, this man has already been prolific in this league. Now, I know he was prolific on the interceptions as well, but there are not many men or quarterbacks, period, that can throw for over 5,000 yards. And Jameis did that. He had 33 touchdowns as well. Also, 30 interceptions. Like, I'm not saying this guy's special. I'm not saying. Came off the bench and scored a touchdown. Look, I am thinking that Jameis takes Drew Brees' job and Taysom kind of keeps his job. Maybe he gets just under a quarter's worth of snaps um, with Jameis being a decoy on occasion. But to me, you cannot have that guy down every snap and hope to be a competitive team throughout the year because you're so reliant on his legs. I'd rather have him getting his touches per game rather than his snaps and dropbacks per, per game. Um, but, yeah, I do see them maybe addressing quarterback this offseason with a cheap option just in case. They have Simeon, but like you said, with their cap stuff, maybe they can find a rookie in the late, late draft and maybe try and develop him. Because I do think between Taysom and Jameis, they can have a serviceable quarterback room. But I think it's going to be Jameis. And if, if I'm in my dynasty leagues right now, I'm moving Taysom and I'm acquiring Jameis. Because to me, Taysom's value will never go up from here. Because people think, oh, he can be the guy. I'm like, yeah, he could have been the guy eight years ago. It's not fair, but he's it's too late he's in the game. He's college until, until, what, yeah. years ago? That's, that's what I mean. It's too late in the game for him to be in dynasty. But with Jameis, I can see 10-plus years left with him, especially if 
this team can somehow manage to keep some of these studs together with this cap snafu they got themselves in. So I, I like James cap though. I think yeah. I think he's gone. Maybe he resigns for a cheaper deal. I, I don't even think a cheaper deal. It is it, genuine. I guess true. The cap really does make this even more uncertain than it would be with just a breeze retirement. There are, we're going to be, we, there's a real solid chance. We're looking at an entirely different new Orleans saints roster next year because of that cap situation. NFC South's totally different. Yep. Billy, what do you think about new Orleans, man? I'm actually with you, Ryan. I, I'd like the Jameis Winston project more than the Taysom Hill. You look at Taysom Hill's stats, even going back to his college, his best year was a sophomore and he's damn near one for one touchdown interception in the pros and back in college. And when you really break down and dig into his numbers, the more impressive part of his game is his running ability. So to me, this guy is kind of a little bit more polished Tim Tebow, and I just don't see that being sustainable in a Sean Payton-led offense. And the biggest catalyst of this entire offense is Alvin Kamara, who we saw his production take the biggest hit for Taysom Hill being under center. Now, yes, they have cap issues galore, and they'll have to work some miracles to figure this thing out, and they're probably going to lose some really, really good players. But let's not forget, this team's kind of been shopping Michael Thomas at a time or two. That's kind of leaked a little bit. I could see him being on the move, and that might be a piece that might be interesting to say Houston. I don't know how they would do the Deshaun Watson deal, but I'm just saying I could see a three-team deal going down where they end up doing something big and not sticking with either one of these guys, but I really just can't see uh, Jameis went, uh, sorry, Taysom Hill being the guy. Go ahead, Tom. What do you think? Uh, Michael Thomas has a loss of 4.2 million if you get rid of him. Oh, so you're not getting rid of him? Nope. Yeah, sorry, if you trade him pre June 1st, which is the best scenario, you're only losing 1.2 million, but still losing money. It's well, one thing that happened, happened is the Drew Brees was going to wait until after June 1 to retire. He restructured for caps, uh, you know, relief prior to that June 1. So I wonder if they don't already have something odd going on in the works. But I just don't see Taysom Hill being the guy for Sean Payton. Uh, His offense requires a guy that can really sling it around, understands the passing game. And not that Jameis Winston is necessarily a guy that understands things the best, but you go to New Orleans to get a Ph.D. in quarterback play. And I feel like they brought Jameis Winston in for more than, oh, he was the guy that the Bucs let go of. That's a guy that Sean Payton thought that he could mold and fix the issues. Now we got him the LASIK surgery. He's not blind as a bat anymore. Now we coach him up a little bit, let him sit in a, in a room with Drew Brees. And Drew Brees is a guy that's not only going to coach you up on the field, he's coaching you up as a man off the field. Just that influence type situation I think could be, be really big for Jameis Winston as a person and I think could lead to better quarterback play on the field, better leadership abilities in the huddle, those kind of things. So uh, Taysom Hill is a guy you want in your locker room, you want on your team. And like to Ryan's point, he's a weapon. They're going to use him. He's going to have a package. He's going to have a big role. But I feel like Jameis Winston is the guy that can come in. He can make all the throws. He can really sling it. I mean, yeah, he threw 30 touchdowns. He also had 30 touchdowns and 5,000 yards passing. And if there's anybody that knows. with you i really don't hate the fit i like jameson new orleans with the weapons around him and i think that could be a guy that really uh you know ascends and and rebuilds his reputation as a quarterback in new orleans in that system with sean payton post drew Brees. 
good news is even on a cheap contract, he can afford to just buy his lobster and uh, crab or sorry, crab legs. Someone had to say something about that. Uh, that was beautiful. Guys, I think this is a perfect time to cap the night off. I know we didn't get as lo- as much as we did. I think we got one more than I advertised. But next week, we start off with the New York quarterbacks. And that's going to be fun because I was like, ooh, I can talk about Daniel Jones right now. Or I can just rip on Ryan left next week with a little bit more time. So that'll be a little bit more fun for me. <laughs> yeah. So, guys, Safe one. it's been a super fun show. Obviously, quarterback equation part three going over the landscape of everything. Tom, kick us off. Where can everyone follow you at? What are you working on? What are we working on as a crew? Um, and, and let's get everyone motivated. Oh man! Uh, well, follow me at Belly Up Tom as always on Twitter. Uh, come roast me. I know I, we always talk about. It. I get the hot takes. I, I hold the mic so I can drop it for you. Right? Um, I'm ready to go. I'll take the heat. I don't care. Uh, I know Marco. I, have, I haven't really seen much of him in here today. He was. He was in Marco. Early. He was Hello, there. Marco at Anthony. Right. So yeah, he was asking some questions. No, I know he was in early, but then he dipped out, right? He he wasn't here to roast me on some of my teeth. Yeah, a little baby boy who's been running wild these days. Mm-hmm. He didn't want none, Tom. He doesn't he doesn't <laughs> want any of it. So. But if you want any of it, at Belly of Tom on Twitter, hit me up. Um as always, at Belly of Football, at Belly of Fantasy, all, all the spots on there. Um we're getting everything going on YouTube. I believe Ethan the intern might be helping us out with some of that from what we were talking about earlier. Uh, I'm trying to get ready for some of these vampire leagues. Like I said, I've never done these before. Apparently I'm in 8, 10, 12. I, I don't know exactly. We'll be seeing. Yeah, we're, we're still working some of that out. So definitely going to be plenty. But if you're in it, I, I mean, I'm all in on it. I'm ready for it. I'm ready to use some hot takes to win these games and win these leagues. So, Ryan, what do you got going? Um. I'm still, well, I'm kind of still working on this big off-season project with the stat compiling, maybe bringing Ethan in to kind of help me here. Also have an article coming out about why Tom Brady is not my goat. Um, yeah, I know. Everybody's either going to hate me. Actually, everybody's going to hate me, but that's okay. I, I don't need you to love me. I agree. Space right there as your article's fucking main picture man yeah i i agree i just uh and i i don't make an emotional argument i don't understand why anybody if if you say tom brady's a goat you are not an idiot that is a very reasonable point like very good argument for him i'm not saying that but what i am saying is there's an argument against and saying there isn't is kind of like um north korean kind of it's like north korean kind of at this point uh i if you can't express a different opinion i don't know where we live anymore Ryan, so, that was one of the first articles I ever put out with Belly Up was Tom Brady's not the goat. Yeah, I and I and I make sure to make sure to be specific. He is not my <sighs> goat. Saying like, I mean, oh, see, my my brother is angry at me for doing it. He doesn't. Oh, like, I always like Patrick. I always like Patrick. Shoot. Yeah, he's 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 a Brady goat guy. So no, I'm gonna. You wait. We'll see. This this is gonna be a good article. Not disrespectful. Great soon. I'm I'm trying to make it right so I don't offend all of you Brady stands and make y'all go, you know, cut yourself or anything. I don't know what you Brady fans do, but it it, it does see a problem. It's problematic. Are you ever they just break their balls, Ryan? 
my goat guy's coming. I got to clean up. The sacrifice is coming. You know, I always. Yeah, exactly. You think I'm joking? Exactly. I got to go. How many footballs did you have to deflate to send him honor? Quick thing. I just want to note this. Yes, he just won another Super Bowl. Name me one Super Bowl that he's won that didn't have an asterisk or question mark surrounding it. This one for me. Well, I will acknowledge that. A lot of questionable calls. What are you talking about? Time out. Time out. This one to me, Tampa Bay would have won no matter what the refs did. So I feel comfortable saying that Tampa Bay wins that game almost no matter what. This is probably the most, most clear win he's had. Before this, can you name one though? Well, no, but then there are also some of his losses have the same thing too. Like Super Bowls are weird like that. A David Tyree helmet catch. So it's, it's, yeah, like he's there. There's what, a lot is of. He, but so we're deflating footballs and filming opponents. Fair, there, fair. There, there's a lot of. I understand what you're saying. That I'm kind not of. I'm to take anything away from Tom Brady. He's a great quarterback. Yeah, me neither. Me I'm neither. I'm not sure. There's a lot of it. And, and not that it's a direct comparison. You guys saw it. I put it into the chat, I think. It, there's a lot of keys that I see that remind me of the Barry Bonds. You set a lot of records, but there's at least some question marks around it. It might not be a full asterisk, but people are going to ask a few questions around some of them. Always you know, ask questions when you win, Tom. And to Always. be fair, he, the longer he does this, the more he makes those questions kind of go away because now it's a new system. It's a new offense. This is just doing yeah. wonders, in my opinion. Like I may not be able to make this argument, if he wins two more Super Bowls or some crazy stuff, he goes back to back in Tampa Bay next year because yeah. every yeah. agent wants to sign in Tampa Bay. I'll be realistic too, by the way, and I've been thinking about this for a while. If Brady does win next year in Tampa Bay, then I no longer don't believe he's the goat. Like when you can do it that long, at some point that trumps. Like I think Peyton was the brighter star for the time he was in, and the numbers support me on that. He had more yardage per game. He had more touchdowns per game. Uh, he did have a little more interceptions. Understood too. the game better than anybody. Hey, let's, let's, let's think about this, guys. When Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl, Megatron was in middle school. Tom Brady. Yeah, but do you know who won? And Megatron just got inducted to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's a, it's incredible. It is incredible. Truly. It's remarkable the longevity at some point overwhelms everything else. If, if this man is playing at 50 and still competing for the Super Bowl, there is no way anybody else argues anything. I agree. But again, the brighter star to me is Peyton's career was he won more MVPs and he never played without Brady except for that one year they were both injured. He had five MVPs to Brady's two during that span. Uh, that's fair. It, and that's a, that's so a fair that's, argument. Like it was a brighter star for me, but man, this star is never dying. This one's never dying. And so eventually it will, the volume will get me, but right now I'm not there yet. I've never seen, I never seen Peyton Manning super drunk throwing the Lombardi trophy off of a $2 million boat. That helps its legacy for me. I like that. (laughs) Summer. It's just not the Lombardi trophy I'm throwing off of the boat and it's not a $2 million boat. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. What's the difference? It's just beers throwing to each other. Yeah. <laughs> so that's speaking right. of Peyton and Brady, do you guys see the little bit they're golfing and Peyton's Raz and Tom Brady talking about? You know, who do Golf. you get the caddy? Do you know? Do you get Eli? And do you bring in Nick Foles? It's hilarious. Somebody, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Uh, you can follow me at Bwit24. 
Yeah, that's what he said. He said that's hey, that's a personal dig. As soon as he mentioned Foles, Brady turned around like, hey man, come on. Uh, but uh, hilarious stuff. Peyton Manning, uh, definitely my goat. But here's what I'll say, just to add to your guys' conversation: Michael Jordan won six rings, and that conversation is one that you almost can't win trying to challenge uh, Michael Jordan as the goat in basketball. Seven Super Bowls is like twelve NBA championships. It is astronomical, ridiculous. Joe Montana has four Super Bowl wins. Brady is damn near doubled it, you guys. Damn near doubled. Yeah, it's incredible. And if you look at the playoff wins, passing yards, touchdowns, I mean, they're above Montana and Rice, Steve Young and Rice for touchdown connections. I mean, the numbers are so far out there. Volume. Most men will not play long enough to even challenge this. Unfortunately, Ryan, I'm on your side, but we're fighting a large mob of motherfuckers. And Tom no. Brady sitting there with damn near two full hands of title rings looking like Pinto over here uh, all day, every day. And, Dude. I mean, the guy's got so many Lombardis, he can risk losing one in the bay down there, tossing yes. one from boat to boat because, hey, hold on, hand me the next one. I'll, we'll try this again. He can, you know, it's a, it's a level that, uh, unfortunately, that success will probably never be duplicated uh, in the NFL. So I'm going to take heat now. I don't care. Free speech, but, baby. Follow me at BWIT24. Got a lot of off season content coming. My brain is starting to work here. Now that the Super Bowl is over, I'm starting to swing into next year. Uh, talk about redraft dynasty, of course. And of course the NFL draft coming up. I can't wait for this. It's going to be really exciting. This rookie class has a lot of guys to be excited about and not the stars that everybody knows about. You know, if you start looking deep, man, the college games come a long way, guys. Guys are coming out much more developed, much more ready to play than ever right now, especially at skill positions, corners, DBs, uh, all over the field, running backs and receivers especially. Uh, It's really exciting. I can't wait to see what some of these teams do. And my Colts need a quarterback and a tackle, so hopefully they make a move and do something exciting here uh, real quick. Come on, Carson Wentz. Give it to me. I just can't wait to talk rookie tight ends with uh, with Billy and Ryan here. Hey, yes. Ryan's talking tight end. I'm taking notes. I got, I got school Dude, I can't. all year last year. I learned my lesson. Kyle Pitts, my God. But we'll be more into that later. I mean, more into that later. 1.01 tight end for sure. Kyle Pitts, uh, golly, whatever. Guys. You can always follow me at AggieCapaSig on Twitter. Follow me uh, pretty much just on Twitter. Uh, Facebook's my personal thing, but my, you know, whatever. Uh, at Belly Up Fantasy, at Belly Up Fantasy Live, or BU Fantasy Live. We're going to get that going here more, more frequently with Ethan the intern being unleashed like Aaron Jones. The dude has done a phenomenal job for us behind the scenes that y'all don't even know about. But We'll get a highlight tape going that will predict. Oh, look, Kevin Wilson, belly up fantasy alum. Check out his dynasty article 1.01, getting into dynasty this year. Uh, he's never done it before. So he laid out the ground rules and the stonework for getting into dynasty, which is super awesome. Um, he also writes really good fantasy basketball articles for any of you newbies. And baseball. Basketball. Like myself. Yeah. So I, I, I read a lot of Kevin's stuff. 
He's helping me navigate the belly of fantasy basketball league that I'm on a two-game win streak, trying to move up the ranks. Hashtag don't get last. That's the goal this year. And, uh, hey, thanks for the help, Kevin. I appreciate you, man. And take you to the outhouse. If y'all don't know what that means, check him out. What's up, Ryan? One last thing before we finish. I was thinking about this. We need to have a T-shirt that is B-U-F-L, belly up, full of shit. Uh, B- Billy got me inspired earlier when he said we were all full of shit. So <laughs> B-U-F-L, belly up, full of shit. That is the new T-shirt. We need to get it out today. I'm on it, Billy. Get it on the press. <laughs> my wife, she's probably watching right now. So she's say, both, both our wives will get that taken care of, right? <laughs> uh, every one of our wives. Say, <laughs> they're all the crickets right now. <laughs> uh, guys, yeah. Follow us every week. We might have another special show like we did last week. I don't know. Uh, tomorrow night, though, I will be on uh, one of the Belly Up podcast shows. Slap. Slap shot sweethearts with Alex and Meg. Shannon is out for the weekend, so I will be drinking beers, trying to pronounce names. Should be pretty fun. But as always, follow us next week. We will be going back into the quarterback landscape, hopefully finishing it up and giving you some of our picks that are not so hot, right? So, guys, thank you for tuning in. Always, it's a pleasure. Belly Up Fantasy Live. Y'all have a great night. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.